Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, December 12, 2023, and I'm your host, Ariel Taylor, with my co-host, Anastasia. So happy holidays, everyone. Our special Christmas guest this evening is Sandra Recchioni, who was born with the gift of seership and is a clairvoyant transmedium, as well as a divine dragon energy healer and flower and gem essence creator and practitioner, a diversified and universal spiritual advisor for our changing times. She has, a spe- has three special messages from the Avatar realm for our Christmas show this evening. And Sandra had a spiritual awakening at the age of 15 that became a catalyst and quickened her spiritual path. She became more aware of her clairvoyant gifts and mediumship, as well as her connection to the angelic realm and Archangel Michael, her guide, who has assisted her as her spiritual team leader throughout this lifetime. She later received the calling to enter the higher realms under the tutelage of Master Melchizedek to train and prepare for the incoming era of light. She is an ordained reverend in the order of Melchizedek and has had many transcendental experiences since her first awakening in 1985. Through a spiritual practice and the prolonged use of the violet flame, Sandra became a keeper of the flame. She has since practiced the science of the spoken word and incorporates these teachings along with the use of the violet flame in her essence creations. The creation of starseed essences was divinely guided under the tutelage of St. Germain and other cosmic beings. It was St. Germain who appeared to her in a deep state of transcendental meditation and told her to create these essences using her collection of crystal andaras. After her transformative healing journey with flower and gem essences, she knew this was something she had to share with the world in order to assist her fellow starseed brothers and sisters. You can check out her website, which is Starseed Essence Shop, and shop is spelled the old-fashioned way, S-H-O-P-P-E dot com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest and hope to starseeds not heard in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Kathy and Jada for hosting the switchboard tonight for anyone that might have a question or comment. If you are an experienced astrologer and are ready to learn advanced starseed astrology, please email me, ariel at starseedhotline.com. Our main website, obviously, is starseedhotline.com, and the Stage 1 Starseed Confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one Zoom session. We also have a new daily transit service to help you navigate your life and mission with greater success, even if you know little or nothing about astrology. And remember, if you have a birthday coming up, you're going to get a window of 10 hours of great manifestation power. So you can find out exactly when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. 
and that takes about a week or two at the most. But if you want a reading of that chart, order it about two months before your birthday. So first up tonight, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her uplifting Starseed News. Hello, Arielle. Hello, everybody. Great to Hello. be with you this evening. So happy to hear your voice. I always look forward to this. Well, the Gemini Meteor Shower is now at its peak. This wonderful show started on the 19th of November and will continue through to the 24th of this month, but it's forecast to peak on the nights of the 13th and 14th of December. That starts tomorrow night. The Gemini Meteor Shower is set to put on this stunning celestial show at its peak, producing up to 120 meteors per hour under ideal conditions. And assuming a clear sky, this year is looking particularly promising. Astronomers say that the Geminids are worth staying up late for, as they are the year's most consistently prolific shower. This year, stargazers should have an especially good view of the shooting stars, because the moon will be in its waxing crescent phase. With very little moonlight, the bright yellowish meteors will stand out against a dark backdrop under clear skies. So this year, tomorrow night, will likely be the best time for everyone, whether you live in the northern or southern hemisphere, to see the meteors according to sky and telescope. But watching on the night of 14th of December could also be a dazzling experience. They say the most impressive phase of the shower will begin at about 10 tomorrow night. Uh, No matter your time zone, whatever time zone you're in, go out at 10 o'clock at night. And at 2 a.m. local time, the constellation Gemini will be the highest in the sky, giving you the best view of the meteors. So drink some coffee, stay up late, and check it out. They say you don't need to look directly at this spot, which is called a radiant, by the way, to see the meteors. Instead, keep your gaze roving over the entire night sky. And when observing this shower, the best strategy, of course, right now at this time of the year, is to wrap up warm and use something like a sun lounger to to lie down on. Lie on your back and look up and allow about 20 minutes for your eyes to adapt to the darkness, and you're good to go. So that should be some fun. If you don't live in a metro area where you've got a lot of light, boy, out west is the best place to look at the stars. So some of Mm. you out there in the open sky country, you should have a beautiful show tomorrow night. Well, Halley's Aphelion is is, uh, going underway. It's been nearly 40 years since Halley's Comet last flew by Earth, and very soon now it will be headed back our way. Yesterday, this very famous comet reached its furthest point from the sun. They call that the aphelion, and this is essentially the middle point in Halley's long elliptical orbit through our solar system. Named for English astronomer Edmund Halley, who discovered it in the 18th century, Halley's Comet hasn't been visible in the night sky since 1986, but it's now on its way back and once again grace our skies in the year 2061. That's a ways away, but... There it is. Mark your calendars. 2061. Well, Australia's moon rover. Now, I want you to keep in mind that in Australia, they call a kangaroo a roo. So, the Australian Space Agency is building a semi-autonomous rover that will launch to the moon in partnership with NASA and the agency's Artemis program. And to celebrate, the Australian Space Agency, ASA, uh, asked Aussies to suggest a name for the lunar craft. Well, they got over 8,000 entries of names, uh, and from the short list of names, 
20,000 Australians voted for their favorite one. They want to call it Roover. Roover. <laughs> our lunar rover deserves to be named after something iconically Australian as a kangaroo, reflecting the Aussie spirit as we launch into this new endeavor. A kangaroo is part of the Australian coat of arms, and it's time for Australian science to take the next leap all the way up into space. I think that's wonderful. The rover. <laughs> uh, cute. Well, on this day, the 12th of December, way, way, way back in 1977, the music drama Saturday Night Fever, starring John Travolta, had its world premiere. This film was a huge hit, as was the accompanying disco soundtrack by the Bee Gees. That's old, old, but there it is. Saturday Night uh-huh. Fever premiered 1977 on this day. <clears throat> well, you've heard it said, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, then it's a duck. Well, yeah, <laughs> I've got some news for you. A new species of music frog has been found in the dense landscapes of northeastern India. This newfound species has been christened the music frog. They call it the music frog. Well, it's a, uh, a frog that grows up to three inches and is characterized by its unique call pattern consisting of two, three notes. What's that? Well, it goes quack, 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 quack. <laughs> They've never heard a frog quack like a duck before. The breeding, egg-laying, and parental care habits of this newly discovered marsh uh, frog species remains a mystery. They don't know anything about it. It's just been discovered. In fact, it's so exciting they got published in international peer review journals. Newly discovered a frog that quacks like a duck. Oh, so, gosh. That's and chocolate lovers everywhere, listen up. I know where you can go find a, uh, a huge, big, six-foot chunk of chocolate to get into. You might get arrested, though. Uh, let me tell you the story. Artists, very good artists, I might, I might add. This is an amazing sculpture. Spent over 200 hours uh, and over two weeks carving a life-sized Willy Wonka using what else but chocolate. The six-foot sculpture was inspired by the character in the new movie Wonka and has been unveiled in London's Trafalgar Square. Sculpted into the iconic pose where Willy Wonka uh, tips his hat and carries a cane, the creation was molded and handcrafted from more than 27 delicious gallons of melted chocolate by a team of expert chocolate sculptors. Wow. Uh, check it out on the internet. It's pretty amazing. It's really remarkable, actually. I don't know how they're keeping that from melting. I don't know how they're keeping people's hands off of it. But a six-foot sculpture of chocolate, oh, you just have to, I just have to stay away from that. That's all. Yeah. Oh, wow. 27 gallons. Uh, to me, that's just heaven. I want to take a wow. bath of melted chocolate. Oh, dear. <laughs> you can do some damage with that. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Well, uh you know, way back when, when the world was a bit more normal, children said, when I grow up, I want to be a an astronaut, a doctor, I don't know, you know, things like that. Well, today, Generation Z and Millennial Generations are increasingly viewing social media stardom as their cho- career of choice. Yeah, they want to be a star on YouTube and such. Now, they have developed... Uh, universities are beginning to develop an educational system from middle school to college trying to support these ambitions in our young people. This makes sense, they tell us. They tell us 
that uh, when we learned that the 2019 Harris Poll found that 30% of children aged 8 to 12 put YouTuber as their top career choice. Well, they all know that if you get it right, there's a lot of money to be made. For example, channel owners like the one that owns the wildly successful kids' entertainment channel called Coco Melon, was estimated by Wall Street Journal to have ad revenues of, get this, guys, $120 million in just one year. Ah. Meanwhile, those people who create and appear in their own content, which is what most of the influencers want to do, has a long list of YouTubers making millions of dollars every year, For example, a recent analysis of the top influencers' income in 2022 estimates that one of them uh, made $54 million, another one $27 million, and somebody named Anastasia made $18 million. That's not me, by the way. And that's all in just one year. And it's not just kids who aspire to a career in the world of online influencing. According to uh, other sources, a whopping 54% of people from the age of 13 to 34 also want to become social media influencers. No wonder that universities such as Cornell, USC, and UCLA have recently introduced courses specifically focused on social media marketing and social content creation. They even have camp and after-school programs. that are popping up to meet the demands of children who aspire to be professional influencers. And they teach these kids skills like script writing, video production, editing, and digital safety. Wow. We're going to have a shortage of doctors someday, and we'll have a whole bunch of media influencers. (laughs) There you have it. They'll be rich, but we'll need a lot of other things. Okay, well, that I just I find that just astonishing, really. Um, it's all changing. Well, here's a story that just really I'm, I admire this. I don't even know how it's possible. A Canadian cyclist has set the hands-free record because he took a very long ride on his bicycle without using his hands. He attained a new Guinness World Record. His name is Robert. He secured the title for greatest distance cycled without hands when he rode 81 miles in a time of 5 hours and 37 minutes. No hands. I don't know how he steers it. I don't know how he stays upright. But what he says is, personally, I find it to be a more comfortable position instead of being hunched over. He said also that he can text, change the song, get anything out of my backpack, all while riding my bike. No hands, Mom. Look, Mom, no hands. I remember as a kid I did that. And my hands were off those bars by about maybe five seconds. <laughs> Can you imagine going five hours and 37 minutes with no hands on your bicycle? That's pretty awesome. All right. Well, this is an important story, but I have to kind of have tongue-in-cheek, as you'll find out. I'll save my editorial comment for the end. EU has agreed to the world's first laws to regulate artificial intelligence. Because now that the AI genie is well and truly out of its box, it's timely that the European Parliament and its member states have agreed, quote, historic new laws, end quote, that will govern artificial intelligence, social media, and search engines. Now, actually, how odd, but it was a Romanian politician who spearheads the European Parliament's four-year battle to regulate AI. 
He said that the EU was determined not to make the mistakes of the past when tech giants such as Facebook were allowed to grow into multi-billion dollar corporations with no obligation to regulate the content on their platforms. The new regulations were described as historic by the European Commissioner responsible for a suite of laws in Europe that will also govern social media and search engines, including tech giants like X, TikTok, and Google. The agreement puts the EU ahead of the U.S., China, and the U.K. in the race to regulate artificial intelligence and to protect the public from risks that many fear the rapidly developing technology carries. Indeed, the European Commission president said that the AI Act would help the development of technology that does not threaten people's safety and rights. However, officials have provided few details on what exactly will, make it, will become the eventual law, which they say will come into effect in 2025. But they have declared that it will include a ban on the use of real-time surveillance and biometric technologies, including emotional recognition, but with three exceptions. It would mean that police would be able to use the invasive technologies only in the event of an unexpected threat of a terrorist attack, the need to search for victims, and in the prosecution of serious crimes. So good. But I find yeah. it rather interesting that they won't tell us the details. I'd be interested in the details. Give me the details. <clears throat> we'll find out, I guess, eventually. And here is a story I'm telling you I can imagine just dipping into the lake for a little swim 150 million years ago and coming up against this terrifying animal. They have discovered a huge sea monster along England's Jurassic coast. Well, rather the bones of a huge sea monster. It belongs to something that they call a pliosaur, a ferocious marine reptile that terrorized the oceans, like I said, 150 million years ago. This uh, fossil is huge and beautifully preserved. It's flawless. It's six feet long. It's one of the most complete specimens of its type ever discovered, and it's giving brand new insights into this very ancient and scary predator. The skull is, is longer than most humans are tall, which gives you a sense of how big the creature must have been overall. And they say that it has 130 teeth. And the teeth, it, they show the skull on the Internet. The teeth are terrifying. I mean, oh. just imagine your worst monster, and there you have it. Uh, yikes. Well, they say there isn't a specimen anywhere else to match it. Now, this pliosaur was one of the ultimate killing machines, or the ultimate killing machine, actually. And at 36 feet long, with four powerful flipper-like limbs to propel itself at very high speed, it was the apex predator in the ocean. The animal would have been so massive that they think it would have been able to prey effectively on anything that was unfortunate enough to be in its face. They say they have no doubt that this was like an underwater T-Rex. Wow. Something new they found, a new, a new fossil. Wow. I mean, it's, it's, it really is a monster. Awesome. Well, in a good sign of progress, deforestation is dropping in key regions of the world. This is very good news. Emissions from deforestation and degradation declined by 56 and 87 percent, respectively, in Indonesia, and by 7 percent and 19 percent in the Congo Basin, compared to 2021. And there's some good news coming for the Amazon region as well. 
A new analysis has shown that deforestation across the nine Amazonian countries so far this year is down by a whopping 56% from the same period last year. This is a major turnaround for a region that's vital to curbing climate change, according to Reuters. And last week, Brazil launched its 250 million Arc of Restoration program to restore degraded woodlands amounting to 23,000 square miles in the Amazon by 2030. They're saying, avoiding deforestation is no longer the answer to the climate crisis. We need to be more ambitious. We need to do it now. Don't avoid it. Fix it. Repair it. Stop it now. I think that's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Well, have you ever wondered where the word woman came from? Most people never think about it. But those who do think the word woman sometimes is a compound of the words womb and man. But it isn't. Actually, the word woman is a compound of wife and man, a combination that can be traced back to Old English 1,500 years ago. Now, that combination isn't as discriminatory as it sounds because when Old English was first being spoken, there were two distinct words for men and women. Where meant adult male, and with meant adult female. Where and with. There was a third word, man, which simply meant person or human being. These short three-letter words could be combined as follows. Were plus man meant adult male person, and with plus man meant adult female person. Well, spelling wasn't consistent way back then. It wasn't consistent. But by the Middle English period, which is 1100 or to 1500, uh, usage of these words standardized into women and woman. Women and woman. And by the 1600s, the versions we know today were finally fixed. Woman and women. Well, the original Old English word with, meaning adult female, persisted, but in a different form. It's the word we know today, Mrs., which means a married woman. And there was once another word for adult woman. Check this out. Quan. This word has the same Indo-European base as the Sanskrit jani and the ancient Greek gyni. And over time, quen evolved into the word queen, which we use today to refer to the female ruler of an independent state. Well, maybe the lesson to take from all of this is that the role of women in society has always been pretty complex. Whatever you call us, whatever the case, our tidbit for today is this. The word woman was originally a compound of the old English words for woman and human being. And that sounds about right. So, you heard it Hmm. here first. (laughs) All the news you need and that you never really asked for. (laughs) Anastasia will bring it to you. Sometimes I make you awake and sometimes I put you to sleep. But you can't say it isn't interesting. (laughs) From my heart to each one of you, I love you all. Have a beautiful week, everybody. Thank you so much, Ariel. It's good to be with you. It's going to be a good show tonight. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. And um, I saw so, our guest's website, and uh, she has lovely products, just beautiful, great energy, oh, gorgeous stuff. Very, very effective, too. Um, mm-hmm. Beautiful. So um, I, ha- I wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We'll be back um, on January 2nd, with, uh, right. three weeks from tonight. Right. Two weeks from tonight, three weeks from tonight, I'm I'm not going to do my math right here. 
Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> January 2nd. However long that is, that's when we're coming back. So that will be the next time. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> Talk to you well, next Merry year. Christmas to everybody. Thank you so much, Ariel. I love you all. Good night. Love you too. Thanks so much, Anastasia. Good night. Good night. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to um, I'm going to bring Sandra on here in just a moment. I have to find you on the. So there you are. Hi. Hello, Sandra. Hello, Welcome. So I'm so glad that you're here with us this evening, um, as you have been uh, for the past what two Christmases. I bringing, think this is bringing the second. Your, uh, yeah, it bringing is, your, it's the third. It's, it's the third yes. Christmas. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Time flies, doesn't it? <laughs> and um, at, we're going to talk about your work uh, first, and then, um, and then we will kind of flow into these uh, three very special special messages that you have received from the avatar realm and uh, we do have a caller that has a uh, a question about your essences so um, before you do the presentation on 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 the on the avatar messages perhaps we should um, pick that up and then go into the messages sure. okay sure so we have a plan all right so um First of all, I, I just want to say that we absolutely adore you. I mean, as a person, as an alchemist, as the essence creator, and as the um, the, the the what is it? The emissary from the avatars, as um, as Lavendar says, you're the real deal. <laughs> so Thank we're so you. grateful, that, so grateful that you're here with us tonight. So um, why don't you just tell us um, about some of your essences that um, that you feel people need to know about right now, and then uh, we'll we'll take this question um, when you're done with that. Sure. Yeah. So a little bit about starseed essences um, for those essence connoisseurs, uh, and for those of you who don't know what flower and gem essences are, uh, they are a vibrational vibrational remedy that is created with a solar infusion or lunar infusion um, with the crystal or the flower or the environment that you're creating the essence for. So in my uh, studies, I uh, have practiced different uh, flower and gem essence modalities and healing modalities. And in the process of that uh, that instruction I was told because I am a medium and I have worked with the avatars prior to this, prior to the creation of the essences in um, as a reverend in the order of Melchizedek, as also a, a reverend in the Summit Lighthouse of Austin, Texas. And so I've had a lot of uh, I would say certifications in different aspects of spirituality and arriving to this phase of my life, which was learning to work with the elemental kingdom and the nature kingdoms, it was a whole new world. 
uh, it was a new kingdom. So I had been in the Avatar kingdom, and then I kind of jumped over to the Elemental kingdom, and I got to work with these amazing nature beings, and I got to know them, the crystals a little more, the, the flowers, the trees. And in the process of this experience, I came across the Andara crystals. Now, for those of you who don't know, Andara crystals are, nobody knows where they come from. They originate in the higher elevations in different parts of the world. And in 1967, there was a mineral deposit in Mount Shasta in the high Sierra Mountains of Northern California. And that is where they discovered this uh, mineral deposit of monatomic minerals. So we found gold, silver, rhodium, chromium, platinum, and all these minerals. And this was found on Nellie's ranch. So Nellie was a half Choctaw Indian medicine woman, a powerful shaman and healer. And this, I'm going back into the 60s. And at that time, she found these, this residue of this powder on her land. So we can go into a whole segment about Nellie. What I wanted to share is that these mineral deposits then created and birthed these glass-like crystals that erupted on her land. Um, wow. As a healer, um, she healed herself with it, and she thought it was just one and done. You know, I found one crystal, and she had congestive heart failure, and she had received a – she was a prophetic um, woman, so she had a prophetic dream with Yeshua who instructed her to go on her land where she found this crystal. So that in itself uh, was amazing for her. So she held on to it for 10 years before a psychic kept, uh, came knocking on her door saying that she had had a dream about this green crystal and if she had it. And that's where everything kind of just blew up with the um, Andaras and uh, different healers from around uh, the area started uh, placing these crystals on ley lines and sacred sites. And here we are with Starseed Essences. And I heard the call to create these vibrational healing remedies by doing a solar infusion with these monatomic dark crystals that I had uh, purchased and I had been working with. And that was how it started, and that was two years ago where I start, I released, uh, opened up the website and, and released the first uh, essence. And really, initially, I was doing this for myself. I, I, it wasn't a plan for me to go out into the world and, and share this and, and produce it for others. It was kind of like my thing, you know, and after a while, I, it was a burst of inspiration and a very deep conversation with St. Germain that I was pushed forward to do this, a calling, a push, a nudge, but it came through loud and clear with St. Germain, and that was an amazing uh, monumental moment in my life where I felt so close to the avatar that I can... I can just feel him, his energy permeating all around me. And he used the word starseed vibrational essences and that I was to create these for the starseeds to assist them in 
their awakening as a tool. Because what these monatomic Andaras do, they raise your vibration, they sync with the light photons of your body and expand your energy. They help in the expansion of your consciousness so that we can have deeper meditations, um, bilocation, uh, telepathic communication, and they give us access to universal knowledge. So I feel that through these monatomic andaras that just pop up around the earth in different places, that there are actual, I feel that it's like a way for the beings to kind of drop in on the earth in a form that we can feel them and connect with them. And for those who who hear them, like some of us hear the elementals, we hear the flowers and the trees, it's because you're ready. Because to others, they're just a piece of glass. And of course, you have those on the internet that sell fake glasses and daras, so you have to go to a reputable place to purchase them. And at this point, they're very rare and very hard to find because of the... Uh, I would say it was like a boom with Andaras the last few years and everyone's, you know, collecting them and trying to get their hands on them. Yeah. <laughs> when you find something that works, there's going to be the charlatans that come out and then the people that just uh, descend on it like a, like, a, like a swarm of locusts. But I think the earth will birth them, more of them as it's needed, don't you? Yes, um, I heard there were a few that popped up in Arkansas as well. In, really? On someone's land there. Yeah, and one of the quests, there was a, a, a woman that was there on the mountain while we were crystal digging, and she had a, an Andara that had, they had just found on her ranch. And she didn't know what it was, so she went there to see if someone could tell her what kind of crystal it was, and I happened to be there. <laughs> Wow. I think you were there too, or maybe maybe it was one of those trips where you, where you were, and I don't remember. Okay, well that's that's remarkable. Yeah, so yeah, the the Earth will create more of them as they are needed. But that's wild yes. coming coming up in Arkansas. So that's kind so of the gist of it. Okay. Well, why don't you tell us some some of the um um specifics with with the uh, with these essences. I know I've I've used a variety of your essences and um was I'm especially grateful for the one that you have called Rescue Me. If you're dealing with yes. you know, big big trauma, high stress, uh, you know anything from you know anger to grief and everything in between um i that was like in my pocket all the time <laughs> during a very stressful time and it really saved me it really did rescue me so that that is an an excellent formulation that you have there so tell us about um some of the other ones that you that you prefer, uh, that you use yourself, you use them all? Oh, yeah, I'm an essence addict. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been using them for years. Um, 
so, uh, so ever since I started, it, it, they're just so magical. And you don't really know until you take it because no matter what I say and what you say, you have to feel it for yourself. And it takes a couple of days for it to kick in and then you're like, hey, wait a minute. Uh, I don't feel this anymore. What happened? Or, you know, uh, you have creativity or you have energy or you're connected. Suddenly you can, it feels different. It's almost like someone cleaned the windows and you could see now. It's, it's all bright and clear outside. And uh, joy is one of those feelings that we don't often feel. You know, they, it comes in little spurts. And with these flower essences, some of them are just for that, just to nurture us into feeling just a little bit of that joy inside our spirit, regardless of what's going on around us. So with that in mind, uh, again, as I had mentioned earlier, that this is, was all divinely guided for me. It wasn't my intention to go out and say, oh, I'm going to do this now. No, it wasn't like that at all. I started working with these crystals. I got the message from St. Germain, and it took maybe, that was in 2017, and I didn't open, didn't really start my first essences till 2019, 2020, so it still was several years after that uh, encounter with him that it actually manifested, and that was just me being stubborn and um, not listening to that inner calling. And when it's your plan and it belongs to you and it's in your divine blueprint, that, that calling just gets louder and louder and louder until finally you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, and because they're divinely guided, I only created essences when... I got a tap on the shoulder from one of the avatars to create it or an instinct or an intuition. You know, one morning I'll wake up, maybe I got to download the night before and say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this one today. And I just go out there and I just do it. It's not planned. And um, one of the most special ones for me, they're, they're all special in their own way, but was the Magnolia of Yeshua which was a magnolia flower, a tree that I had outside my home at the time that I didn't know was a magnolia until the first bloom of that spring came out for the, uh, actually it was the summer solstice. And a few days prior to that, I had a very vivid dream with Yeshua. And it kind of, you know, rocked me a little bit. It was one of those dreams that you just, can't shake off and, and I was in a state of grace I was so uh, humbled by it and I didn't understand the message it was when you see a white flower I will be near I'm like okay and I thought the message was for someone else and I got a little confused there and I'm sitting outside um, my deck and this magnolia bloomed within that time period that I was going through this and I saw it and I was like what is that flower and it was a tree so I didn't know what kind of tree it was and it was a magnolia tree and it's, for those of you who don't know magnolia one of the oldest flowers on the earth it survived every cataclysm every asteroid and meteor and it's still standing here with us today mm -hmm. and 
I call it a landing pad for angels because when those petals open, it's like little fairies are playing there. They're they're jumping on them, and it's a divine flower for sure, and it brings in those, those celestial divine energies. And I created that essence like that. I got I saw the flower, and I was like, oh, this is what he meant by when you see a white flower, I will be near. And that was the Magnolia the Yeshua, and that was created in the summer solstice 2020. And shortly after that, um, on the Ascension Day of Mary Magdalene, the Magnolia the Magdalene was created in moonlight. Different tree, same location, only it was at night. And it was a restless night. I couldn't sleep, and I felt the energy of an avatar near in my energy field. And I just got up, got my notebook, sat outside, and... There I was channeling Mary Magdalene's message for that time and I went out and got another magnolia from the tree and placed it in the moonlight and created the the lunar infusion. So we have both a divine masculine and a divine feminine in that combination with both of them. So it's very special to me. So that was a good one. Yeah, that's a very, very powerful one. Um, and, uh, well, it looks like our, our caller um, dropped off the switchboard, so you can just continue and not worry about uh, having to do that. So go ahead with, with uh, another one. Another one? Okay, another one. Um, the other one was the one uh, that I created with St. Germain. So that was the Tanzanite Andara. It's a deep purple bluish Andara. And I remember I I like to sleep with my crystals to work with them because, you know, with a day job and everything in life, you just don't have time sometimes. And uh, so I would put it under my pillow and sleep with it. And, ex- and the next day you kind of get downloads and, and stuff like that from the crystal. So that happened on with that crystal, and I created the Tanzanite Andara, and it, it's been a, a very popular essence. I call it uh, a little uh, like a like a Tasmanian, not devil, but a little Tasmanian being that kind of spins through with the violet flame and kind of just clears the path for you, so you can move forward. It's amazing. Um, if you put it in a diffuser. Uh, with water and a few drops in there and let it go into your environment and you have that transmuting violet flame in your home, oh, you can get so much done. It, like, declutters the energy field, so it's nice and crisp and clear. It also activates all the chakras, so all the chakras are spinning. Um, And it's one of my favorites as well, and that's one of the ones I take uh, pretty much daily, um, it's a, a catalyst for me. It kind of helps me with creativity and with finding that, that space where you can kind of be in that quiet mode. 
as well. It's not all frenetic energy, but it, it kind of is soothing as well, just like the violet flame is soothing. And you build a rapport with St. Germain and Archangel Michael because it's their frequency. And you, a lot of the uh, people that have taken it do have experiences with St. Germain and start working with the violet flame a little more uh, than before. And just more of a, a connection in, into the kingdom of the avatars with that essence. Wow. And on that note, uh, as you know, we have the karmic, uh, the Ascended Masters and the Karmic Board meeting at the Royal Tetons here in the next few days. And I feel that's a, a theme for me today is is that Royal Teton uh, conclave that's occurring on the 28th. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the Ascended Masters uh, and different galactic species from around the universe come to Earth twice a year to get together and have meetings on what they're going to do with us. <laughs> so... <laughs> So those meetings yeah. uh, start December 15th through February 15th. And um, I've been working closely with the Karmic Board. And uh, today's first transmission is from St. Germain. So I'm very honored uh, to be able to share this with everyone. I come through this night to open the way. As we gather in this cosmic cycle, as evolutionary changes occur on Earth, I am here to communicate to you. The door is open. The door is open for those of you who carry the momentum of the violet flame or the fervor of heart ignited. All you need to do is walk through the threshold of your own heart's flame. For when it ignites, you walk as a flame on the earth. You walk as freedom's flame. Allow life to circle around you, around your light, like a moth. You are the center of your universe. You are rods of power, the rods of Sanat Kumara, the ones who hold the flame on the earth during these dark days during the dark starry nights. Never forgetting, O sons and daughters of Venus, that you are the light bringers. You are the light bearers. You are the keepers of the flame. You are seeds of light born in this time, in this age, to be a conduit, a beacon, so send out your codes. Send out your harmonic frequencies. Send out your heart's flame on the land and sea. Send forth your violet flame angels that walk with you for they are waiting for your instruction. Your instruction to help assist those souls walking in the shadows of their own mortality. Not knowing, not knowing that this is but a ring on the ladder of your soul's evolution. 
I share this message now so that the flame will ignite in your hearts on this night. A torch of love and freedom. Fear not, beloved brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the Most High. Fear not. Changes must occur on earth as they do throughout the universe, as they have throughout the ages. Hold steadfast and know that we are here. We are standing here within the flame of freedom. So wave your flame of freedom ignited in each heart of each divine son and daughter of the light. Let your heart's fire burn through the mist and light up the way. I offer this dispensation of the violet flame for this solstice cycle. I offer this dispensation now to the chillas, to the starseeds, and to earth's evolutions. You are steadfast marching to the beat of a different drum to the beat of your fiery hearts as you push through these adversities, these manifestations of fear, war within your countries and societies. Following your inner truth, you make the calls to your divine family and I am here as a reminder of the previous dispensation given through Archangel Zachiel that the violet flame angels roam the earth. They walk with you now, although you are at unawares, for they walk with you consuming the karma of that war consciousness that blankets the earth. That consciousness that you dip into daily, whether it is through your medias or your technologies, you are all projecting into these ever-evolving soul collectives but now you are projecting with your violet flame angels standing by your side. Therefore, you can transmute with laser position, transmute war, transmute planetary karma, transmute illness, transmute the karma that you create daily with your interactions, with your words, with your thoughts. For some of you still hold judgment and doubt against yourselves and others. It is a daily exercise of self-mastery. Master your senses and you master your world. We finish with The Way of Love by St. Germain. From love I come to love I go and all this swing both to and fro alters not any jot of cosmic purpose I forgot. I reach out now to truth I vow, to love in all I ever bow. The universe is one alone, no clash of multifaceted tone. The chime I hear is very near, this love that casts out every fear. Wherever I am, thy love lives too, to free the many and the few. Command perfection. Love's great law, command perfection, love's great light, thy glowing beauty through the night, 
as star eternal, light supernal, woos us all by present might. For love I am and love I live. This is the allness that I give. To each man child the spark is given. So rend the veil and bring to heaven. That was the end of the transmission from St. Germain. Wow. Wow. That was powerful and, and so so full of light and, and loving strength. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you. And uh, let's see. We have, oh, okay. a, we have uh, one more avatar. Okay. Do you want to keep going? Yes. Yes, we do. Okay. So, again, the avatars that uh, came through are three, and there are three that belong to the karmic board who will be attending these Royal Teton retreats. Om Mani Padme Siddhi Om. Kuan Yin appears on her white lotus, holding her willow branch. Beloved goddess Kuan Yin comes through, sitting cross-legged, floating on her white lotus as she hovers in the sky and approaches the earth. She carries with her her willow branch and multiplies the willow branches as they float like feathers over the earth. She brings this gift of the willow to the star seeds, to the chilas, to the keepers of the flame, and to all the inhabitants of earth. The willow brings gifts, gifts of inner wisdom, for you to grow and learn from these experiences that come through during this most auspicious time on earth. I bring you this gift of inner wisdom, the gift of strength and stability. For as the willow tree stands firmly on the earth, so do you, my children. The gift of balance and harmony and with an upward momentum of growth. The ability to let go of pain and suffering just as the leaves fall Every autumn, so must you let go. For it is no longer your burden to carry. All of this pain and suffering that you place upon yourselves, that, so, that you are so used to carrying because you know no other way, give those burdens to me and place them by my willow tree. I give you this gift, the gift of survival, For like the willow trees, you can live a long time and new trees can be born of your branches. The gift of new life and adaptability and flow. Like the sacred willow, you are sacred beings incarnated upon the earth. During this age of reunification with your divine heritage, You lift up the earth. 
with your inner visions, your dreams, your compassion. So that is how you create this new world. The sacred world perceived and seen by only the few. Therefore, I leave you with this gift from my willow branch. I cut you free from these riptides. You are freedom's flame, and I stand within your flame. For together we are one, and it is done. That's the end of the transmission from Kwan Yin. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that. So um, before we start the third one, um, I'm going to I want to pick up this. This there's another caller, um, and then and then we will continue as we had planned. So let's just take a moment here. Just kind of take a breath. Because I kind of I kind of went way out there with you and your words. Um, a question about your essences from Sarah about um, what might be appropriate to help alleviate, protect, or shield against environmental environmental stress, especially you know uh, electromagnetic kind of environmental stress. So let me open up your mic, Sarah. Hi, can you Hi hear there. me? Yes. Hi. Hi, y'all. How fabulous. Hi, Sarah. And, hi. I absolutely loved your, your Willow Prayer Kuan Yin invocation. So I was actually talking with my team this morning about how to stay centered and strong um, because we're often on the front lines and privy to information and um like right, like right now, actually, I'm fighting the smart water meter rollout. People don't realize this is Internet of Things, um, and each each of those things were tested to transmit half a mile. And when I found that out, I was just went into like, oh my God, what are they going to throw out next? And what, and then I asked, how can we keep our center and stay strong and resilient and actually wake people up around us to um, know that that they're in their power and they can protect themselves and and collectively if do change. But I was feeling so vulnerable, um, basically, um, trying to do this for all these other people who aren't aware. Um, so that's my, my latest fight that nobody knows about, you know. So I was just wondering what could what could be done to just would it be willow to feel strong and safe and secure and know there's like a higher message and a higher protection. There's a lot of essences from different creators that can help you with that. As far as the star seed essences, the the go to for all of that five G, Wi Fi, EMF energy, what it does is it kind of fries our energy and it shrinks us, it shrinks our aura. We don't expand. That's why we feel kind of weird and we need to ground and and release that. So black tourmaline, black crystals, shungite, having those, having organites around your Wi-Fi systems, your computers, organites, uh, the authentic organites with metal shavings, with copper, with crystal, um, not the ones you find on 
on Amazon, but the authentic organites are important to have. And internally, what I tell my clients is I have the black tourmaline essence. You can put that in your body wash and wash with it every morning and have that vibration around your aura right as soon as you get out of the shower before you even go out into the world. You can drop a few drops in your water and drink it. You can put it in your diffuser and let it expand through the space, your workspace, especially if you work with computers, multiple screens. You want to have that barrier protection around you. Um, we have electric eel by Wild Earth Animal Essences. That helps with all types of radiation, EMF, it's the electrical essence. Um, there is, oh, there's so many. Really, you have you can go on the website and do a search for uh, radiation or Wi-Fi or anything like that, and all the essences that cover that will pop up. Um, and you can make combinations of them by two or three and put them all in the diffuser, put them all in your water, and it just amplifies it even more. And then the starseed sprays. The, especially the black tourmaline spray, which is the spray version of the essence, is also very popular for that. People just spray it before they go out. You spray it in your, in your space, in your home, and you're good for several hours. You, it leaves that barrier of protection for you. Mm, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I think I might even have some black tourmaline spray from your company in my house. I think I have some somewhere. Oh, um, yay. A, yeah, and um, just for resilience, what strength and courage in the face of just being in the eye of the storm. Right. Oh, for for that, you take lion essence. Uh, you can take the cosmic unicorn essence, which is power-packed with everything. It has violet flame. It has opal. It has Athena crystal in it. It has different it has the magnolia the yeshua in it and that's really popular with the younger generations the 20 year olds and the 30 year olds because it really opens them up um to be open to your what's surrounding you to be able to see to be able to to nurture your your inner child all of that comes with the cosmic unicorn That's really nice. I appreciate everything that you do. And that helps even if someone's not in their 20s, right? Oh, yes, of course. But of course. I'm just saying the younger, the younger generations kind of are drawn to that one um, because of the technology that they're all, you know, in. Um, it's more of a, it's a, it's the new earth essence range of starseed essences that comes in with higher frequencies. So a lot of the younger generations, unlike us who were born in the 60s and 70s, you guys, after 85, 87, you come in with different frequencies in your DNA. So this is something that kind of matches that frequency for you. I'm actually I'm actually a lot older. <laughs> well, you sound very young. You're young at heart. We're only as young as we want to be. <laughs> Right. No, I'm 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 thankful for all, all of this. I actually I I hope um I hope to hear I, I think you still do sessions, but um, I think I think he, I had one with you. It was amazing. 
Yay. Welcome back, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, we use that uh, the black tourmaline spray at, at the Starseed Quest because the energies get really intense and people t- tend to get ungrounded. And, boy, that is just delightful. I mean, it, it's wonderful. So, yeah, I mean, you can and you can spray it. You can put it in a diffuser. You can take the drops internally. So um, have at it, Sarah. <laughs> and you already know Sandra. So, yeah, go take a look at the website and uh, see if there's anything that you are missing in your collection. And just so you know, we are having a 50% sale through January 1st, 2024, with the code HEAL2024. So take advantage of that once in a a lifetime, once a year sale. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's really wonderful. Yeah, but I guess guess the energy would be different for people born in the 60s and 70s. Um, Yeah. No, definitely um, the awareness of the technologies. I, I have too much awareness. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you Any so much for calling Sarah? in. You're welcome. And have have a happy holiday. Happy New Year. Okay, and to you as well. Thanks so much, Sarah. You take care, sweetie. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, well, um, we are going to hear your third message, and will you tell us um, who this message is from, and then I will uh, play my song. Okay, well, this message is from Lady Master Nada. And just so some of you who who may not know, uh, Lady Master Nada is an incarnation of Mary Magdalene. So she has a very interesting life. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, this is probably my favorite Christmas song, and um, it's I have it on the website if you want to hear it again. This is called Mary Did You Know. Give sight to a blind man. Maybe. 
that your baby boy would calm the storm with his hand. Did you know that your baby boy has lost when just wrong? When you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. The With her heart of rose appears Lady Master Nada, Lady Master of the Sixth Ray, the Ray of Purple and Gold, the Ray of Peace, Ministration, and Service. She is also a member of the Karmic Board, which she serves as a representative of the Third Ray of Divine Love. From Lady Master Nada, we learn practical applications of love and path and the path to the personal Christ consciousness through ministration and service. On Atlantis, Nada worked in the healing arts as she served as a priestess in the Temple of Love, which was designed in the pattern of a rose. She was also embodied as a lawyer on Atlantis, where she championed the cause of divine justice for the downtrodden and the oppressed. Nada speaks of her experience in the keeping of the flame the last days of Atlantis. How well I remember the last days of Atlantis. Those of us who were keeping the vigil midst of the embodied light bears have recently gathered at the Royal Teton Retreat to closely examine the causes and conditions that led to the final judgment and the sinking of that continent and its people. The evildoers then and now continue in their evil doing right up to the eve of cataclysm, boasting that they are immune to cosmic laws, that karma is not real, and they are, that they are the gods of the earth. My service on Atlantis was in law, and the law of wholeness. Thus, the science of healing and the science of truth are the right and left hand of the defense of the individual body and soul. In those days, the manipulators of the law of the fifth ray 
were as devious in their despising of the sons of light as they are today. They entered not into the consciousness of the law of one. They exerted a destructive influence upon those who were entering in as initiates into the mystery schools. The marble geometric cities of Atlantis, my beloved, were not without the inner retreats of the Brotherhood. There were others who took ships and carried the focuses of their retreats to distant lands and mountaintops, to the near and far east and to the Himalayas, to Europe and to Americas, and to the already established retreats of the archangels. The securing of the spiritual force fields in matter is the work of the seeds of the ascended masters and of the sons and daughters and their bloodlines. In her final incarnation, 2,700 years ago, Nada was the youngest of a large family of exceptionally gifted children. She was tutored by Charity, the Archaei of the Third Ray. She was taught how to expand the threefold flame of love in her heart for the quickening of the chakras of her talented brothers and sisters. She chose in that lifetime to forgo pursuing her own career and instead kept the flame in deep meditation and prayer for her brothers and sisters in the various fields of their endeavors. Nada says of that lifetime, I can assure you that at the conclusion of my incarnations, when I saw the victory of each one of my brothers and sisters, the fullness of my heart was in joy and love expanded. It seemed to the world and perhaps even to my own family that I had not accomplished much. But I took my leave into the higher octaves, thoroughly understanding the meaning of self-mastery of the pink flame, the flame of the heart. The Ascended Lady Master Nada assists ministers, missionaries, teachers, healers, psychologists, lawyers, public servants, and all who are involved in serving the needs of others. It does not matter what your training or what your position, Nada says. It is not what you do with your hands. It is what you do with your heart that counts. For as I spent several of my last incarnations in keeping the flame of life anonymously for my family and for other members of my community, so I am able to tell you firsthand what it means to God and what it means to souls evolving on the earth to have someone silent and peaceful someone in the midst silently declaring the law of truth and the law of perfection and the law of victory on behalf of each one who is busy serving, so busy trying to do good for humanity that he or she does not have the time to make the calls for himself. I will suggest that if you are looking for more than an ordinary challenge, to go into your communities with this thought in mind of being a keeper of the flame of adoring the flame of life in the hearts of hundreds and of thousands. And if you have professional training or have the ability to acquire the training, then we suggest that you take on a greater challenge where you can be involved directly in decision-making and drafting new legislature, in organizing, whether it's men's groups or women's groups or community groups, working for a cause that is constructive, how often we see in these levels of government and community planning that if there were just one of our star seeds or one of our keepers of the flame in the midst, how smoothly the process would flow and how encouraged people would be. 
how their faith would be restored in a form of government which is modeled after the teachings of the ascended masters and patterned after that which is to come in the golden age societies that are to be born on this continent. Lady Master Nada teaches at the retreat of Yeshua in the etheric octave over Saudi Arabia where she instructs on the God mastery of the emotions and of the quieting of the inordinate desire. This is the mastery of the solar plexus chakra, which is the instrument of the sixth ray, the place where you radiate peace. This is the ray of the Piscean dispensation of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Nada comes in following the footsteps of Yeshua, and it is his path that she teaches. She succeeded him in the office of Master of the Sixth Ray when he assumed the office of World Teacher. Nada also serves in the Rose Temple. Her retreat is located above New Bedford, Massachusetts, designed after the pattern of the rose, each petal of a room representing an initiation in the flame of love. In the center of the retreat, there burns the flame of divine love tended by her brothers and sisters of the third ray. Nada is very much involved with the initiation and sponsorship of the Aquarian Age family. She also ministers to world children and the legions of angels who personally tend to the needs of the youth. Nada says, I give you my love for all else I have already given away. Her motto, I am my brother's keeper. Lady Master Nada is another incarnation of Mary Magdalene, yet her energies are slightly different. Lady Nada is a mighty spiritual priestess of love who once existed in the land of Atlantis. She is the light force that helps us awaken our heart to the divine love we deserve, the light keeper whose essence allows the light within our heart to expand, revealing a true, real, vulnerable aspect of our soul. She brings an opportunity to experience divine love, whether through a relationship, an adventure, or an experience. So her message for us today is one again of cosmic love, the flame of the heart, the opportunity to overcome past pain, heartbreak, and letdowns. You're reminded that when true love is present, when divine love is present, there are no obstacles to overcome. It will be there for you, clear, pure, and real for you to experience. Give and receive divine love with yourself and all those around you. The door of your heart is opening wide for you to experience this cosmic love like she did in her incarnation where she spent her days in meditation and prayer making the calls for her brothers and sisters so they can succeed in their endeavors. Let us give the gift of love this holiday season and take a few minutes to maybe think of those brothers and sisters, friends and families, co-workers that may need that call at this time and simply make a request to Lady Masternada. That would be the best gift, a true gift of the heart. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Sandra, thank you so much for your work on the planet and the open way that you share all the things that you have to um, teach and use to heal. We love you, and thank you so much for being with us tonight.
I love you too. Thank you, Star Seeds. Keep shining. That is the the code for the season and the future. And uh, just before I sign off, once again, you can find more of, of Sandra's work on uh, StarseedEssenceShop.com. So we will be back after Christmas, after the new year on January 2nd. Have the most blessed holiday and take some time for yourself in peace. Good night, everyone. been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 